We're live, everybody. Welcome in. It's the Friday Community Forum. It is June 16th, 102 Central, uh, 11.02 Pacific, 2.02 Eastern. Thank you very much for joining us once again. It is our year and one week anniversary or two week anniversary. Was it last last week? That was our one yeah, it was year? Last it was last week. Yeah. 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 Time flies. Time flies. Rodman Mimi, not legal advice, slash Bob, slash Robert, slash Richard, slash Knob has joined us today. We'll start with our usual MMTLP update um, from Richard, and then we'll get into the topics of the day, which are community driven. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to get going. So Richard, kick us off and then uh, let's see where we go. Yeah. So MMTLP, naked shorting means like uh, shorting stock without any intention of covering. So it's an illegal act. MMTLP is the source. This week, the SEC, I don't know why, but they went after somebody, and Farzad sent, it, sent me a, um, a link to it. They went after a company for naked shorting, so they acknowledged that it exists, but they appear to have selected a very small company to go after as opposed to something more consequential like MMTLP. At the same time, this is interesting because it affects all of us. There are a lot of people that are going after the SEC and Gary Gensler, who's ahead of the SEC. And there's some legislation that was just introduced uh, changing the form of the SEC. So as opposed to one person making decisions, there will be a board of six people making the decisions. The problem with that, unfortunately, even though that sounds like maybe a good idea if you don't like Gary Gensler, is the board will be set up three Democrats, three Republicans. So in essence, there'll be a, a tie and no action and nobody to break the action. So that's what's going on. Uh, there was a, a proceeding in New York where transactional data was sought from FINRA that was turned down. So it's ongoing, six months plus. I'll keep you apprised. We'll see if the SEC takes action. Thank you very much for the update, as always. Uh, where can people find more information related to this topic, Richard? What a moron. Not, <laughs> not legal advice. K-N-O-T legal advice and by the way if you do a live stream don't do it in a children's format because there's no comments available as i learned thank you the trials of tribulations of being a youtuber welcome to the uh youtube world all right everybody let's get our first topic started title of the video uh elon musk the ceo of tesla spacex and a thousand other companies is on a world tour it appears he's visited a bunch of uh, european countries here in the last uh, a few months. And uh, as of recent, he's been in France. So this is with uh, President Macron, which I can't pronounce properly. So that was my horrible f French accent, my attempt. And so there they are shaking hands. And uh, I forget who it was. Somebody was trying to come up with a meme is like, I wonder what they're talking. I think it was Jeff, Jeff Lutz, I think he's like, I wonder what they're talking about. So we have Elon in France. Uh, we also have another tweet as well, where he was just in Italy with uh with the uh premiere there as well and that's in italian but if you click translate tweet there at the bottom we can have the english translation so there's elon and the uh the president premier prime minister somebody help me out of uh, of italy uh talking about a bunch of stuff prime minister thank you Giorgia Meloni. so do, do people like her is there any because you're, you're you're our european ambassador over there is she, how is she viewed by by italy do you have any idea oh, she's fairly new i i really can't tell uh, but um i think she's uh, better than the some of the previous ones italy is a very messy country uh, politically they constantly have mm -hmm. re-elections and uh, new elections and uh, different parties uh, joining together and uh, it's really 
messed up. I wonder if they're going to have a baby together. You know, <laughs> you know what I was going to say? My rumor, I was. it's so funny you say that. My rumor I was going to start today was they're dating. That's my rumor. These two are ah, dating. It's obvious. It's obvious. They're not dating, but they discussed uh, they discussed uh, nativity uh, the nativity numbers and uh, okay. I, I, Elon. He couldn't resist having a kid in Italy, could he? Is this is this poor woman married? Before we start spreading rumors, my goodness. Okay, Prime okay. Minister of Italy. Sorry, <laughs> What's the marriage part have to do with having a kid? Come on. Oh my God, we're going off the rails like two minutes in. I love this. This is great. Uh, she's probably uh, Catholic. Let me see. Uh, so it might be a big deal. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Well, Elon's there and was there in Italy hanging out. And uh, I want, I'm want i curious to get y'all's take on on the re recent trips. Um, what, what do you think all of this is about? Do you think it's about expanding Gigafactory? Do you think it's about, and this is, and this is Elon at the uh, Viva Technology conference, I guess, which is in France. And the uh, conversation just ended I think like an hour or an hour and a half ago. And I want to, I'm going to have producer wife pull up some clips as I go dig them up. But uh, what are, what's your overall thoughts about this uh, sort of world tour that Elon's on? What do you guys think? Any thoughts? I think it's, I don't know if it's factory hunting, but I think that the countries are kind of weird. France uh, has a constant trouble with the, with the labor unions and, and uh, short working hours and early retirement age and strikes. And Italy, well, mm, Northern Italy is very industrialized and would be good, I guess. Spain, yeah, well, maybe. But I guess I can't see why else. Okay. Well, I think he's taking a vacation. That's one part. And he's enjoying Europe. Why not? If you got the money That's to do good. it. He also had lunch today, by the way, with uh, the second richest uh, person in the world. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think he's playing, playing, just playing. So he's going to countries to give them that obviously they would like him to put a factory in France and Italy and Spain. And he's not telling them no. And he's playing everybody against everybody else, I think. So he can get the most out of whatever deal he ends up striking. I think the most important stop on this tour, though, was China, um, because I was reading today that the uh, growth of Tesla in Shanghai depends upon China approving uh, his ability to use 170 acres extra of land and be able to expand. So I, ultimately, I think that's the, the, the biggest uh, place. And I think, you know, of all the places he's visited in Europe, I still think of the choices that Spain would be the number one choice of those choices that we're aware of in Europe. I'm not sure that Spain would be the first choice ahead of India, uh, Mongolia, West Covina, whatever. But in Europe, I think, I think, yeah, you have to be from California to know West Covina. Um, yeah, but I think in, in Europe, uh, Valencia would, uh, Spain, I think would be the, his first pick. Why, why, why do you think it's his first pick? I think they, they said that the, um, the setup, the support, the support, the educational support in the area, the workforce, uh, the geography, the amount of space. It was just a whole series of uh, factors that sounded like it fit. Whether he chose it or not is another story, but it seemed like to fit the qualifications. Got it. I think Rami, it's what, good what, to... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. 
please. No, no, I think no, it's please. good geographically too, uh, because I mean he doesn't want to put it too close to Berlin, uh, and I want to cut down on on transportation. And um, Spain, it's it's pretty big population, and you have Portugal and France are really close, and Italy, it's very close too. So you're kind of covering the whole base there. Um, and I don't know if they have the same labor issues that they do in France and Italy. Because no. I really don't think in France, and I, I saw Alexandra was basically going to sell all our Tesla shares if they open up a factory in France. But it just sounded like too complicated if you had over 50 employees, and that was the cutoff. If you had over 50 employees, you had so many hoops to jump through. It just doesn't sound like Elon style. No. Rodman, any, any thoughts from your end? Yeah, I guess he's shopping around for a, Maybe another wedding partner for for uh, another Tesla Gigafactory. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but I mean, I think what's more interesting about it is, you know, the timing of everything. So, like, he's just installed Linda Yaccarino at Twitter, and suddenly he has time to go and like go on a like a tour, whirlwind tour tour of 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 Europe. I'm sure there's other things that he's talking about. I know they, you know, we we've briefly touched on them uh, besides the gigafactories, but, you know, AI and, um, and then the birth rates and stuff that I think he is interested in. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of, it's interesting. Um, what's interesting also is that um, tying back to what I was saying earlier, uh, Ross Gerber has been like, he was in a business, a business insider article where he was saying the entire last month of growth has been tied exactly to when Twitter, like when he handed over the reins to, to, to Linda. So I, I think it's an interesting idea. I mean, it's kind of hard to dispute or to even correlate the two. You can correlate the two things, but you can't assign um, causality of it. But um, it, it's an interesting point of view that could be debated. The other thing is, you know, the, besides the, the gigafactories, they could be building, you know, mega pack factories in all these places that are highly mechanized, don't require a lot of labor, especially as the robotic aspect of Tesla improves. And I think any country, any country in the world could have a mega packer factory because any country in the world, as probably Hans could testify to today, could use that as a, uh, a source of power. Absolutely. I want a factory here now, yesterday. Yeah, I think what the, the one comment you made, Raman, about um, <laughs> I'm getting schooled in the uh, private chat right now. I'm going to ignore it for now. Uh, the uh, the one interesting comment about Ron, what you just said about Ross Rodman, about the <clears throat> stock price having correlation with uh, Elon buying Twitter. I mean, I think it's also I think I think the 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 bigger driver, in my opinion, is the, the broader stock market is up. I mean, if you look at the the last sort of uh, the movement of the stock market in the last, say, four to six weeks, especially as this whole AI thing has been coming to fruition. But I think more broadly, it seems like a lot of companies are beating expectations during quarterly earnings and sort of the tone around the Fed. Uh, you know, we, we, we found out this week that they're pausing rates. So I think there is a lot of that. Um, they're not pausing. A, a, a lot of that. They're not pausing. They're skipping. Oh, they're skipping. Sure, sure. Fair enough. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's it could be a significant difference if they resume. 
So b- because th- during the during the speech, they said there's a chance that so when they were giving their 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 uh, thing just to get everybody up to speed, they said that it might be a chance later this year if the data calls for it that they'll look to potentially raise rates. I think they said up to two more times, something like that. Yeah, up to um, a terminal rate yeah. of five point six percent, and it's at yeah. five now. So they figured two. But I agree with you, by the way, before you continue, that, you know, yeah. it could be all posturing because he can't say all is good because then he's going to be worried it'll create another inflationary cycle. And he's got to kind of tamp down optimism to some degree. Yeah, no, I I, I recognize that. But I, I do feel like that sort of positive momentum is probably, in my opinion, probably a bigger driver of, of the Tesla price movement than anything related to Twitter. I was uh, on on a space too with Ross and others. I think it was on, on the Wolf space uh, on Twitter on Tuesday. And it was kind of a lot of the same things like, oh, look, now he's got a CEO at Twitter and now he's back at Tesla for two weeks. And all of a sudden you're getting these partnership deals and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I, I don't think it's that directly correlated, but it is an interesting time. It is definitely an interesting time. And what, what's been interesting to me to f- sort of uh, follow as this store, this sort of year has been unfolding is that we started the year with very negative uh, sentiment around almost everything, <laughs> but especially Tesla. I mean, we started the year at a hundred bucks a share if you're a Tesla investor. Um, not not the best start to the year, but it seems like since then there's been quite a bit of momentum building, and uh, Elon Musk and Tesla have been in a I, I would say overall a pretty positive. Uh, They've been covered in a pretty positive light. Maybe that's just the sources that I'm that I'm following. But there's been a lot of recognition around the achievement achievements that Tesla has done, the partnerships that are starting to come to fruition because of those uh, achievements. Uh, this world tour that Elon has been on, visiting all these different leaders from from governments, and you know, being welcomed uh, sometimes very positively. The the meeting from today with the Viva the 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 Viva thing. The, the conference uh, if you if you look listen to the crowd I mean they were they were very excited to have them there yeah. so I do I do wonder if maybe and I was thinking about this at the gym this morning I'm wondering if a lot of the concerns around Elon Musk as an individual or the Tesla sort of story where maybe there was a negative connotation to him buying Twitter and sort of it being a net negative force it was that super overblown and was it something that's just like seems like i don't know it just it feels like it's tipped the other way i, I would love to kind of pick your brains on that and, and see how you, you guys feel about that or if if you don't feel that that's uh you know even worth discussing does anybody have any thoughts there first i can't believe you go to the gym because it really doesn't show but that's thanks just not, that's <laughs> uh damn but uh, I, Look. I oh, yes, he should. Impressive. All right, all right. I just hide my guns, bro. I don't want to get suspended by the NBA, see? I understand. <laughs> um, you know, I think what happened was uh, the recognition that Tesla is the king of the industry has now been accepted and adopted. And I think the issue now is just valuation. The valuation of the of the com- company and whether FSD is is gonna when it's gonna work and what it's gonna be worth. And I know Elon said today, I think he said words to the effect that he didn't say exactly how it was put on Twitter, but he said, you know, m- most of the value he sees in uh, in Tesla is FSD, 
and uh, whatever is happening now is nice, but it doesn't really reflect the value of the company. And he again reiterated that he expects it to be solved shortly, you know, without being specific. But I really think that, that that's the recognition they're the king. And everybody now is starting to bow down. And uh, where it goes, we don't know. But we know that, you know, Tesla, amongst other of those seven tech companies, since, you know, a lot of them since November, but they've all ripped. They've all gone crazy. Like, I know Rodman put out some tweet today or some ridiculous comment about uh, uh, Meta. He thought it was it was way over. I think you said it was way overpriced. I think I saw you say that. Um, if you didn't say it, I'm attributing it to you anyway. Um, but, but but all those co companies have uh, risen, and Tesla has too. And it seems like we were all anticipating that recession. And, you know, we've talked about it. Whether Elon was overly pessimistic, but if I was going to say today, I think we had our recession already. That double quarter dip when they changed the rules and said it wasn't, and we're gonna we're gonna escape the real recession. That's what it looks like to me. And I think like 2024 will be better than 2023, and 2025 will be better than 24. The the bull markets generally run much longer than the bear markets, and the bull market apparently can go like three four years. Bear markets less likely to go. 18 months or less. So I think we went, we've done it. Thank you. Anybody have That's any thoughts? News. Well, sometimes I put I... my phone in my, my pants and then my pants tweet. So I mean, that could be what it is. <laughs> Sorry. Mimi. I think a lot, I think a lot of the sentiment changed with two things. Twitter getting a CEO, EO, I think that matters because so many were relieved. Finally, someone else is doing that. Uh, I don't think that, that I mean, Elon is still pretty much involved. But I think also after the CNBC, CNBC interview, it feels like the report in media has been a lot more positive in all media about Tesla and Elon. And, and, um, and I think that's good. And now they're all wondering, is Tesla going to advertise here? We better be nice. Yeah, I agree oh, that David that David Faber interview was, that David Faber interview I thought was fantastic. That was yeah. like probably the best interview of Elon I've ever seen, and he yeah. you know he, and he spent as much time as he could. And I think Twitter should hire hire him to do hire him to do advertising for Tesla. The comment you just made, Mimi, is something I haven't thought of before. Is that I you know could the could the you know, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. And maybe we should write a poll. Maybe we should do a poll, producer wife. Do you feel maybe we should ask this question to the to the broader community? Do you feel that the coverage of Tesla has been more positive as of late? Uh, because if Tesla has openly said they were willing to advertise, every single network would be, I think, extremely thrilled to have or or whatever media medium would be thrilled to have Tesla uh, pay them money to show their ads and they're probably more likely to get that advertising uh, revenue if they are playing nice to Elon Musk and Tesla, you know? I haven't thought of that before. I, and and it, I think that's, that's a very curious point. And I wonder, I wonder if it's directly correlated. I mean, did you, do you guys feel that the coverage has been more positive? I mean, is that, or is it just me? For sure. 
I yeah. think it's still some because you still have the same okay. bears out there. I just think there's more bulls who've come out and rec- accepted Tesla for what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I think it's changed. It's changed in media, and also um, there was this uh, stupid article in Washington Post, and they're always trashing Elon. And usually, I spend way too much time in the common field defending Elon. Uh, but this time, the first 20 comments, 19 were defending Elon and Tesla. And that was completely new. I've never seen that before. Yeah. The other thing is that the 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 opponents, even the internal opponents, like, like Ross, like he was bitching and moaning, and the uh, other, that huge shareholder, um, the Asian share, shareholder, that bitched on Twitter a lot, they've they've disappeared with their bitching. And I think that really impacts in particular us who are sensitive to that, the you know, the owners of the shares of stock. And that's gone. And I think that's an uplifting, uplifting to us as investors. And it gives us a more positive view. And that maybe that passed down to media also. Mm. Well having like a 80% run up in like a couple months that that also helps. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And, I, and I've also noticed, it seems like I was, I was thinking about this, this, this morning too, is like, is there a correlation between, you know, it, it seems like Elon is in a better mood as well. Like a lot of these interviews are very friendly, very jovial, you know, he's cracking jokes, smiling, being more himself, it seems like. And I wonder how much of that is correlated to maybe everything is going well <laughs> in his in his life. There are no major stressors. The company's perform, you know, performing well in, in the case of Tesla and SpaceX and all the other companies. So I wonder if there's anything, you know, that, that can be taken away there, given that he's such a public figure. You know, it's potentially a data point that says, hey, maybe, you know, if if things weren't going well or if things weren't lining up in the way he's envisioning it for where he wants these companies to end up. Maybe he's not as uh, jovial and cordial and and cracking jokes and you know literally at the uh, at the at the uh, interview this morning, the guy said how <laughs> this is a real answer. The guy said how do you how do you have the the strength and the energy to keep going with all these companies? And he said crystal meth in front of thousands of people. I'm like holy shit, <laughs> that's balls, that's balls. So you know, it, it takes a certain level of confidence and a certain level of like being at ease and being comfortable and being j- joyful, where you can sit down and crack that joke. And uh, you know, a few seconds later, he had to clarify because the crowd was like, "Wait, is he being serious? <laughs> is that actually yeah. the answer?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, go ahead, Richard. I think he clarified it. It wasn't crystal meth; it was just meth. It was just meth. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What I was going to say, he has, he also has the burden, the burden of not having to worry about having to sell his shares of Tesla, which he carried throughout all of last year. And it really, I think it really did weigh on him. Uh, One, because he didn't know how much he'd have to sell. But two, I think, you know, more importantly, at some point in time, he would sell enough stock if he had to keep on going, or he would lose some control over the outcome of what happens at Tesla. And if that's your baby, that's got to be super stressful no matter who who it is. And that's why I think, you know, when it, when he got the CEO and, and that at that point in time, I don't think it was the CEO per se. I think it was his recognition 
that Twitter would survive on its own and he wouldn't have to partake. The CEO, I think, was the icing on the cake because she probably fits with what he wants. But I really believe that's it. He's freed of that that risk. And I think that really played on him. Any other thoughts before I, I want to play a quick clip from the uh, the event? Any other thoughts on what Richard just said or what we just said before we play that clip? Well, I just kind of want to round it back. It's like if if he is not spending full as much time at Twitter, I mean, he's still probably spending a fair amount of, amount of time working on Twitter. But like, what do you do with that time? And like, where is he going to be most effective? I mean, because you're just freeing up all this time. So what is it that you expect him to do that will generate the most forward momentum for his companies? And is, is he doing it? And I mean, if you kind of look at what he's been doing in that sense, like I kind of agree, like I know a lot of people don't agree with Ross Gerber on a lot of things, but like in a sense, he has like some points that it's like, well, now that now that he's can move around and like he can go and like talk to people, he can be on interviews, he can um, go around the world talking to world leaders um, and he can push these. I mean, when he's there, and he's he's at the negotiating table with these countries. Um, like, how much more weight and gravitas does that have to the negotiating table when it's him there and not just like one of his lieutenants? So that's kind of like, yeah. I mean, I I think everything is moving in the right direction, and yeah. And he couldn't have liked sitting in San Francisco in that stupid building. <laughs> working on Twitter, that could not have been fun. I mean, I don't, I don't know the last time you guys have been to San Francisco. Um, do you know that right now that literally hotel chains are giving back their property? Literally walking yeah. near the keys, go for it. And commercial property too. It's that so it's, it's that poorly run and he was stuck there and he's not stuck there anymore. So that for lifestyle purposes, that must feel good for him also. That's fair. That's a good point. Um, okay, let's go ahead and play the clip real quick from the Aviva Technology Conference. This is in uh, the uh, tweet says uh, something related to Elon Musk talking about freedom of speech. And I think what's interesting about this clip is that he's saying this in in uh, in France in front of uh, thousands of, 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 of French folks where uh, the laws are slightly different than they are in the States. And uh, I, I can't remember if the crowd reactions in here at the end of it, but go ahead and play the clip. And uh, I'd, I'd well, love to get your reaction. I'm generally a fan of um, that we should have uh, free speech um, as much as possible, as much as is allowed by the laws of any country. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, say for France, we should... Um, allow things that are allowed by law um, and if the people are want the laws to be different then pass a different law and we'll adhere to that law but but for for twitter to go beyond the law that you know that doesn't seem quite right to me i i think we want to allow the people to express themselves um and 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 really if you have to say when does free speech matter uh free speech matters uh and it's only relevant if, if people are allowed to say things that you don't like, because otherwise it's not free speech. Uh
Cool. Yeah. So this one, uh, I, I, that was a different clip, but th there was another one that was a little bit extended. And then there was a crowd reaction where people were like, hell yeah, you know, talking about free speech in a positive way. So I, what I found interesting about that clip, and if you guys have a reaction, let me know, but it's that he's continuing to talk about Twitter in this sort of framework of um, sort of in a tone that uh, folks might, might feel is a little uh, enabling of things that could be dangerous, like misinformation, disinformation and things like that, which is something that the interviewer brought up. But it seems like it doesn't matter what jurisdiction he's been sitting in. And again, this is a Western country. He's not like sitting down in uh, Saudi Arabia or, you know, or China, which nothing wrong with those countries. I'm just saying they have different cultures, different laws. But it's it seems like the messaging has been consistent, especially around Twitter. And even though he's there as the Tesla SpaceX guy, he's still talking about societal things. Um, what what do you guys think about that? Is there any reaction there? I, anybody have any thoughts? Go ahead, Millie. Uh, first of all, I want to to ask you, what do you mean when you say that France has different laws when it comes to free speech compared to the U.S.? Well, all I'm saying is that it's it's not the United States with as far as the laws that they have. I, no, I'm not super well. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, there's no there's no First Amendment in in no, any of those. Countries. No, but there is still free speech. Uh, so well, so that, that's 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 again that's in the eye of the beholder, and I think that's what he said. It's according to the law of the country. So yeah. China yeah. would tolerate less than France would tolerate. Yes. yes, absolutely. And second of all, I just want to say, yes, there is something wrong with China and Saudi Arabia as countries. <laughs> when it comes to free speech, definitely. Uh, but I think that, um, now I almost forgot what I was going to say. I thought that this was really good. This was um, this was uh, an answer to the question about the, the EU uh, uh, regulation that yep. he, Twitter said that they won't um, uh, follow or will they or whatever. And I thought, I mean, I've, I'm I'm kind of against uh, allowing everything. And um, But the way that Elon phrased it, I thought it was really good. And it went on, like you said, a longer thing, but that uh, as long as I can say whatever I want, uh, and, and that means that other people can do it too, or other people, can say stupid things so i can do that too um so i thought that was correct but she also raised the question about bullying that there is so much bullying kids are being bullied and and what um what he thought about that and and then elon was very clear that they are trying to do everything they can to not promote those tweets um to give them low ranking and i thought that was good so i i'm I kind of, I was really, I really agreed with Elon today. I've been, uh, I've been um, disagreeing with him a lot about the fine line. It's really difficult, I think. Um, I think that there is a, a great danger with, with uh, disinformation. And uh, especially if there are certain governments or more official uh, uh, institutions doing it on Twitter. But I also think that people need to um, develop a more critical thinking. So what, what did he say today that was different from what he said in the past that made you uh, feel this way? Well, I think that, I don't know. I think that he, he, he really felt so, um, I think he felt so sincere about it. And, and um, I think he was just, 
he was just calmer and and more sincere and he said that we follow the laws and that's obvious but that people should be, it's good that people are allowed to say what they want and it's good that people are allowed to oppose them mm -hmm. okay uh rodman or richard any thoughts oh rodman go ahead yeah i mean this is a tough one um like free speech versus disinformation versus, uh, yeah, there's just so much areas. I mean, this isn't particularly my wheelhouse, but I've been trying to get into more of it, um, like into discussions about it. And uh, I mean, I noticed that like Matt Smith had posted something about um, how he felt that like fact checkers were like not, they were biased and that there's this idea that you know, like fact checkers are more like, uh, like rating, like movie raters than they are like unbiased things. And like you, you have these people telling things and saying things, and it may not be easy to figure out what the real facts are. Right. And I think that was in my mind, like what the benefits of like fact checkers are. But I think one of the things that's interesting about Twitter is that, um, if you can have a service like community notes where, you know, you have a real spectrum of ideas contributing to this thing and voting on them, then that's very powerful because, you know, you're getting, you're getting consensus across a wide range of people instead of just, um, you know, the New York Times fact checkers versus uh, Washington Post fact checkers versus someone else's fact checkers, right? So, I mean, yeah, I think, I, I don't, it's hard for me to understand what the EU's criticisms of Twitter are when like I see these things in place and it seems like they're working and they're better than what's come before. So, I mean, I just don't get it. So like if someone can help me understand the, what, what Twitter is doing wrong and the disinformation space and, and the bullying space and stuff. I mean, I see, I do see bullying, but like, like, I don't know, I guess I just, yeah, I, I guess I just don't know enough about what the EU wants versus what, what the state of the union, what the state of the, of Twitter is, so. Mimi, go ahead. But I don't think that, that they have criticized Twitter as it is now. They want Twitter to sign this new regulation and Twitter hasn't done that. Yeah, I happen to think that, I happen to think this is an extremely confusing issue. Uh, one, because different is, countries different, different countries allow different access to information. This, so I'll just give you an example. So if you're in Israel and there's a a bombing, the the press aren't allowed to go to the site because it's deemed to be a it's against the interest of the military because it might give out information. In the United States, we wouldn't be able to do that. That would you couldn't prohibit press from going somewhere, but I think the bigger issue is from country to country, hate speech differs. Like in Germany, you can't like promote being a Nazi; it's a crime. But maybe in England, it's not. And each country is going to have a different sense of what's okay and what's not okay, which is different than the United States, and it's going to be different from country to country. And I think that's really difficult to get a model to fit all those different scenarios. And I think that's gonna be a real difficult problem to solve. You know, maybe they'll be, I assume they'll develop models 
that'll be able to differentiate. But I think that's a really complex task. And again, I, the fact that he's, he was really on point, that he wasn't going to exceed the law of the country, I think he was really sensitive to, to that particular issue. Mm. Yeah. What so, I find interesting is that, oh, sorry, Ronnie, go ahead, please. So I thought the EU had said that, I guess there's some new like law or something. And I, I thought I had read that Twitter was not, like there were issues like with Twitter, like uh, conforming to these new laws. And a lot of them had to do with disinformation and hate speech. So I, I don't know, but. Yes, no, yes, I think that's okay. basically correct. Okay. Because that's the, that's what Twitter doesn't want to sign. They don't want to obey those rules. Well, so. well, it's not just they don't want to obey the rules, but like we were just saying, what is what is hate speech? That is that's a very complex task. And you know yes. what you what you claim to be hate speech, I might differ. And you know that's true of probably everybody on earth. So I just think it's a really difficult issue to define so yeah. there is a there's an article i found producer wife if you can bring up uh the article it's from uh from cnn business this is dated uh november 30th 2022 uh headline twitter must comply with europe's platform rules eu digital chief warns musk in virtual meeting if you can zoom in a little bit on the article and scroll down to the uh second paragraph and get it as big as you can so that it's as easy for us to read one more if you can let's see one more zoom perfect okay uh so the second paragraph twitter has huge work ahead to meet its obligations under the digital services act europe's new platform regulator regulations said thierry breton the eu's digital chief twitter will have to implement transparent user policies significantly reinforce content moderation and protect freedom of speech tackle this information with resolve and limit targeted advertising all of this requires sufficient AI and human resources, both in volumes and skills. I look forward to progress in all these areas, and we will come to assess Twitter's readiness on site. But I guess where I'm where I'm confused is why I thought each jurisdiction had different laws. So why is an EU like is the EU digital chief speaking for all countries or only for some counties? Like how how does that work? He's speaking well, for the EU, and I'm gonna. Okay. And let me add on that. So there's a EU rule against when we've gone over this. There's an EU rule against uh, data protection, right? It's a standard across the board, but each country uh, penalizes it differently, and they look at it differently, even though they're under the same rules. Mm. So even though Twitter is going to be under the same rules, I would expect the same thing. There'll be a differentiation in how it's treated. Maybe the response from Germany will be different than the response from Sweden on some topic. No, no uh, offense, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, if in Sweden, we will allow it. So I, I didn't take it. I took it as a compliment. <laughs> it was intended as such. Go ahead and pull up the, uh, the latest article here that uh, Raman just linked producer wife. Um, it's from politico.eu uh, banned France digital minister, uh, Jean Noel Barrot threatens Twitter block uh, following EU rules. Um, so this is dated May 29th. Real quick, we'll read a, a couple sentences here so we can get all up to speed. Uh, zoom in a little bit more for me, if you don't mind. So it's a little bit easier. And this will read. not be up to different countries. If the EU decides to ban Twitter, 
it has to be all all of the countries. So all countries. So if the EU says, so the EU governing body says no more Twitter, and even though the UK might want it, well, the UK is not part of the EU anymore, right? No. They Brexited, <laughs> no. right? So, but if but if Spain wanted it, if the EU says no, Spain can't have it, basically. So that's yeah, that's basically. interesting. So, and but it's also different how diff it's also a big a huge difference between the different countries how much they obey but they were also talking about a huge fine and that fine would be determined in the EU court but why does the U EU get to decide what each sovereign country does when it comes to media because Was that's that why we agreement? joined EU it's like yeah okay well some yeah some things are are it's like you and the states and the federal government mm -hmm. and, and okay. you know what so we'll, let's go back to where we started the meeting in france and italy whatever so i'm elon and i say you know we're considering france uh maybe 2025 but you know the twitter stuff that's kind of uh can you maybe do something here and uh we can we'll talk I, I mean, I, I would expect that to be part of the discussion. Got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Exactly. Got it. Okay. That that's very helpful. Okay. Thank you all very much for getting me up to speed there. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's hit the next topic. Who wants to bring it forward? Who's got a topic in mind that they want to discuss? I know there was one around DeSantis and other stuff, but uh, is there anything specific we want to hit? Well, Rodman brought it up. I think the DeSantis and the law in, in uh, Florida that yeah. prohibits you know direct sales. Um, and it doesn't specifically reference Tesla. Tesla is exempted because if you're an electric car company that's already in existence doing the business, you're exempted. So Tesla, Rivian, I, I'm going to say it, but it's not really a Lucid. car company. Lucid uh, and, you know, whoever else, uh, they're exempted. And, you know, I'm sure Elon had discussions with DeSantis before about that, too. And, and maybe... It wasn't that way before, and that was a change. And maybe there's some informal discussion of support one way or the other. Um, this is none. all so stupid. I mean, were, were you able to read the whole uh, bill? Yeah, I, I, what you sent, what you uh, posted, I read it, and it, it, it doesn't reference any individual company. So, so what about a company like Aptera or um, someone who's a startup and they don't have a dealership network? Would they be able to? You know, didn't didn't say, but the implication was if you weren't already doing it, then you would be excluded. And I don't think Aptera is selling any cars right. yet. Yeah, so, so I think they would be excluded. Maybe, so basically, you know, maybe if you have a dealership model, you can't just abandon it. I think that's the idea. So it's basically grandfathering every, everybody in. Okay. And then setting a hard rule moving forward. Go ahead and pull up the article real quick, producer wife, so we can all be on the same page for our community. Uh, Florida politics, government, uh, government, Governor DeSantis signs car dealership protection bill, banning most direct to consumer auto sales uh, focus on most. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a measure, HB 637 Tuesday, banning most direct to consumer vehicle sales, solidifying the future viability of car selling operations across the sunshine sunshine state interesting verbiage there um 
the measure championed by an author by lobbyists <laughs> representing the Florida Automobile Dealers Association prohibits most automakers from selling vehicles directly to buyers. That restriction, which goes into effect July 1st, was considered a direct threat to the business model of Tesla. Uh, but as Florida politics noted previously, lobbyists, including Taylor and Jeff of Tallahassee-based Capital Alliance, hammered out a deal adding language to the bill that should keep Tesla galleries open which kind of speaks to the grandfathering. Now, does that mean that if Tesla decides to, can they open new uh, dealerships? Can they open new facilities? And, or, or are they just stuck with the seven or eight? Or do we have to dig, dig no, deep no, on I, that? I, I think the laws, they're exempted. So they could do whatever they want, you know. Whatever they want. Not, so. not whatever they want, but, you know, within yeah. reason. And I wonder, by the way, if there's any additional discussions about building other facilities in Florida. You know, again, you could build a mega pack factory in Florida, you know, you could do. So I'm wondering, you know, if there is an exchange, if there's consideration for that special treatment. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, Elon Musk and DeSantis have had back and forths as of recent. DeSantis uh, announced his presidential campaign on Twitter, uh, which was interesting. So I wonder if maybe Elon and uh, Ron didn't have any prior communications if this bill would have been passed the way it was i'm wondering if maybe it was a little bit more restrictive but but what's interesting about that though is that tesla there are a lot of teslas in florida y'all i mean it's that place is covered with tesla so um it's interesting that this bill got passed at this point which it's just it's just so funny to hear that you know these states that claim to be a super free market pass all these restrictive yeah. laws it blows I my know. mind completely blows my mind yeah and it's anti-consumer yeah. it's also anti-consumer yeah. just drives up the price yeah. Oh, no, they're protecting the consumer, don't you know? Yeah, they're protecting their high prices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I had an interesting experience uh, just kind of about what you saying in terms of being turned. So I follow the, some guy, his, his channel is Money Investing. He's in India, in New, New Delhi. Really smart guy, young guy who does a lot of analysis. He likes Tesla, so it's part of his, a significant part of his portfolio. He came out to California for like a week. He said, and he was a he was really pro-Tesla. He came out for a week. He listened to people talking about Tesla. He saw the number of vehicles. And he he said at the end of his departure, and he's a very straight guy, analytical. He said he was a full-on Tesla bull after leaving California, just to see the number of vehicles on the road and to see the sentiment in the population. And listen, California is split, right? Half the people probably hate Elon and half love him, but they love the product. That's the part they're not split on. Yeah. Yeah, that that momentum, one of the feelings I have, uh, I love how, how producer wife is experimenting with a different, uh, what are they <laughs> called? Uh, uh, what, what's the name of the Lower thirds, uh, yeah, I guess it's what it's called. There's like a ch word. That's uh, Chiron, something like that. Anyway, I English is not my first language, as I'm sure everybody can tell. Uh, the I forgot what I was going to talk about. Somebody, please take this. <laughs> yeah. So, so Farzad was going to talk about something, but he forgot. So that, I'll you. bring you up to speed. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, 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 the positive momentum. So you would think that that positive sentiment in California that he experienced with all those cars out there, everybody talking positively about the product, that should only continue to exponentially grow as more and more Teslas flood the market, right? I mean, Q2 looks to be uh, another record. Uh, I think a lot of folks are projecting above 440,000 deliveries for the quarter which would be uh, almost 20,000 more than the previous quarter. Interesting to see where the profitabilities come in. And it's right about that time, you know, in about a week and a half here, we're going to start seeing a lot of content around quarter two, uh, which I'm very excited to make. But uh, go ahead, Richard. Yeah, Troy was over now over 450. He's at 450 as of June 13th and and growing. So I think we're going to exceed 450. That's not correct. No, he wasn't. I don't think so. As he of wasn't. June thirteenth, as of June thirteenth, you have to. He put out a mm -hmm. he put out a report. I thought on he June put out 6th. something today. Yeah. He just put up something this morning. He's not. Oh, okay. Well, I saw one on yeah. June thirteenth. Where? He... No, he, he he just well. I mean, and this is his, this is his paid one, but um, I I don't want to disclose his numbers, but it's it's not four fifty. I'll just say that much, or above. Two days ago, it was four four three. And that was up from from four hundred and thirty nine June second. Yeah. So and it's not over four fifty now either. Maybe you're Can maybe you you're following the much? fake Troy. Have you checked? <laughs> you, are you sure it's the right the, <laughs> the real Troy? No, this is the right Troy. <laughs> it was the it was the real fake Troy. Troy. Okay. Troy it, was on, it was a Twitter, and everything's on Twitter is correct, but it would it actually cited. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it was just incorrect, or maybe my eyes don't work. I saw no community notes, so must have must have been correct. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Roman. So going back to DeSantis, there's there's like a there's a bunch of like mis like people like misinterpreting this article. But one thing that kind of like that I was questioning is someone said that like Elon was was contributing to DeSantis's campaign, like monetarily. Does anyone have any? Like, is that just made up or like, I've never heard that before. Uh, I haven't read of anything, but as a private citizen, I don't think he has to disclose anything, does he? Yeah. And he's, and he's limited about how much he can give. So it's yeah. not going to be material anyway. My, my guess is, he's giving everybody a little bit. I think, I think DeSantis <laughs> is getting some, I think RFK Jr. is getting some, I think. Uh, potentially Biden's getting some. Potentially Trump is getting some. I think Trump is not I... getting any. You sure? Yes. How Elon you know? is a genius. <laughs> he does not give Trump any money. Okay. <laughs> Mimi loves Trump. Can you guys tell? Uh... <laughs> Even more than Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Warren. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's um, I, I haven't really uh, read anything as far as who he contributes to, but he is he is a private citizen. So I doubt um, we'll find out. He might openly come out and say, hey, I'm supporting this guy. I know his buddy David Sachs from All In. He's fundraising and supporting both RFK Jr. and Ron DeSantis, which I think is, is a interesting, healthy thing uh, for for. Uh, for the politics lately in the U.S., in my opinion, but um, I don't, I don't know anything outside of that. Somebody has any info in the comments? Let us know. Yeah, I think it's all unhealthy because I don't okay. really think yeah. our, I don't think our system should permit. This is my feeling. I don't think we should have long campaigns. I don't think we should allow contributions. I think it should That's all fair. be, go I think it should all be government funded, and the the election period should be very limited, like in most countries, six months, all in. 
you do your primary and then the final and you're done and you don't spend two years. Listen, because, you know, Congress people in the United States, they get elected and they're running for re-election. That's their that's what they're yeah. doing. Raising money yeah. and running for re-election. I think it's really <clears throat> effective. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I think I think it's the context I was saying healthy and is healthy. It's it's better than just going all in with one candidate, at least you're supporting two different candidates on either side. But I agree with you that the uh, the overall system needs a lot of help. And it, it's not optimized for finding the best candidates, especially when you have closed primaries and only two parties. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's almost yeah. impossible. Because any genius for white men. I was going to say any genius without money is dead. Right. I mean, the best people could maybe not have money or not have access to money. Yes. And have yes no absolutely. Access to, absolutely. No access to office. So true. Yeah. And I think it sort of like goes back to the comment of uh, a regular guy in office would do better than most of these other folks because they would actually know what the world how the world works. <laughs> yeah. You know what what struggle feels like, what. You know, being in, in pain feels like and financial burden and having to bust your ass and work two jobs and, you know, doing your own laundry and cleaning your own house and cooking for kids and doing all these things all at once. Lack of sleep. Like, that's what most Americans feel. You know, it's like, but it's yeah. lack of sleep is the only thing a president will experience out of all yeah. those. <laughs> But, you know, I, I've seen it with MMTLP. So part of that scenario was going to Congress and meeting with congressional Congress people and senators. And a lot of them would meet and nobody would do anything. They would just placate whoever was asking. They'd listen and then they'd blow you off. And I think that's kind of how it goes because they have no. OK, there's exceptions to this, obviously. But as a generality, they really do not have connection to the average person nor are they interested, nor do I th think they're particularly interested in it. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. At least uh, all the ones that have gotten in power, I do think there, there's maybe a, a small, like 20% or less that do actually care, but uh, I do wonder how much the system corrupts over time to where just everybody, if you're in there long enough, it's going to grind you down and make you into a different person, I think. So it's one of the weaknesses, I think. Uh, welcome to Farza Misbahi Politics on Friday. <laughs> Who knows? Hey, this thing evolves. Who knows where we're going to go in the, in the next year? So uh, cool. Let's do uh, maybe one one or potentially two quick topics before we go to Q&A. Who wants to bring one forward? I was going to bring one about Toyota. So Toyota is doing the castings. And, oh, yeah. and now all of a sudden they found Jesus. And now they're all electric. And uh, they're going forward. And they're going to have 10 billion cars by 2030. Um, exaggerating. You know, but they're still like way behind the game. They're going to trail, you know, all the, I assume, Ford, GM, even Ford and GM are ahead of them. Um, and I did hear, which I thought was interesting, I don't know if it's true, but the only remaining, the gentleman, the Toyota, who has the last name Toyota, who was the prior CEO who got canned, who's now on the, I think he's the chairman of the board, apparently yeah. he's going to get canned from that position too. So he's going to be completely out of the country company, which means I don't think there's any more Toyotas affiliated with Toyota, which might let them maybe change the face of their company somewhat in the future. But I found their kind of uh, their sudden change kind of ironic and uh, they're in deep doo-doo because they sell to China and they're going to lose that market. 
And I also saw a photo today, since I'm speaking about China and it has nothing to do with what I'm saying, but I saw a photo today of this huge uh, space that had electric vehicles, which, yes. which are the vehicles in large part that BYD was selling to its dealers, but the dealers weren't selling. So they're just sitting there. So from BYD's perspective and their finances, it looks like they're doing great, but their products are just sitting and literally, I think the article said, literally rusting away. I think I think they weren't even sold. They just produced them, they registered them, and they left them out in huge fields to just rot away. So they will get enough sales to get more money from the government. I think but being China, I don't know why the government uh, doesn't see all these fields with cars. It's kind of, I thought that was kind of weird. Well, I think it's, they, they actually do sell them to the dealers and the dealers get stuck with them because it lets them promote the fact that BYD is selling X number of units okay. when they're not thousands really. of them. Yeah, no, hundreds of thousands, hundreds yes. of thousands, really. Yeah. And That's I think there was a lawsuit filed in China by one car company against BYD uh, asserting accounting misfeasance. But, yeah, that's true. I remember that. And I think, yeah. it, I think it relates to that, that they're just pushing off these cars, not really selling them to the public. Not, they're not, not being sold to the public, but for book purposes for BYD, it looks like they are. But just imagine question. how good Tesla's numbers would be if those cars weren't counted. Sorry, Rodman, I just talk. But, but how would you, how would this be sustainable? If I'm a dealer and I'm buying like 15, $50 million worth of cars and I'm just throwing them into a parking lot, like eventually I'm going to run out of money, right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't see how that's sustainable. Yeah, and you're right. And part of the Chinese models, they had too many dealers, too many OEMs, and it's a way for them to reduce the number. So they end up with a, a proper number to service their country. And uh, they're, I think they're fully aware of it. And they know that, because I, I think I read, not, even, not about this one, prior, that there were literally hundreds of dealers that were going to go out of business. And they were aware of it, but they couldn't make any money because they couldn't sell the cars. And they had a they were obligated somehow financially in that transaction with BYD. So it they couldn't make a go of it. So I agree. I agree. It sounds counterintuitive, but China is not United States and they have their own thing going and they have their own economic problems uh, that are severe. Severe enough, I just read today that they're doing another round of basically quantitative easing where they're going to just flood the market with some more money and allow the purchase of second homes to try to uh, escalate the uh, their economy. Just imagine a, how bad it is for the environment to have all these cars unused, just 100%. standing there. It's unbelievable. Go ahead and pull up the uh, the video real quick that I just linked. Ronman, go ahead. Sorry. And Buffett and Munger. I wonder if they know about this. Right. Don't even get me started on that. Um, <laughs> Make sure that the video is uh, is on mute. I'll go into like a rant as to why Berkshire Hathaway should buy Tesla for the next half hour. Uh, go ahead and pull up the, the video. Make sure it's on mute and just play the first a few seconds of it so folks can see what we're talking about here in relation to BYD. Again, so it's, uh, ooh, that was a cool view. This is in reference. So this is, go, rewind it all the way back, all the, all the way back. 
Yeah. All the way back. Yeah. So this is apparently in China, there's a field of just a bunch of BYD sitting uh, and they're all registered um, and I guess documented as sold. But um, and there's a gentleman speaking Chinese and there's this is sort of a video of a person and we'll make sure to link the video in the comments below so you can kind of go check it out for yourself. But apparently there's thousands of BYD cars just sitting in a lot somewhere registered with register plates marked as sold. But uh, doing nothing. So the the one of the conclusions that the uh, the video person that the person who's created the video comes to is that hey, like the the company has created all these cars, this gentleman, uh, and they're just kind of counting the cars are sold when they're not actually sold. But I think you know I I don't know that could they just be in a holding lot? Could it be maybe they they're waiting for a part that hasn't been manufactured yet? And I get that them having license plates on is strange. But uh, I encourage everybody to check out this video themselves. I haven't finished it yet, but I have heard of it. But I think this is in reference of what the panel is talking about. So any any additional thoughts? Thank you, producer wife. You can uh, take this off the screen. But yeah, do you guys want any want to add any more color here? I was going to say that this is new. So this is a problem that's existed. So I mean, I heard about this that the dealers were stuck probably like two or three months ago, and that they were just sitting on cars. So this is the current version which means that the problems is escalating. And by the way, can BYD think of another color? Is that is that possible? <laughs> you can buy Same any car you want as long as it's white. <laughs> Go ahead, Roman. No, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I was uh, like going from Toyota to that. Yeah, if that's the case, like how, what, like how much malfeasance is that? Like, and and that's always been an issue with China. Like, I've invested in Chinese stocks or companies, and like, you really, like, you really have a lot less guarantees that um, people aren't doing creative stuff than you do in the U.S. Because we've seen what happens when people are creative in the U.S. That's like that was Enron, right, and many other companies since that, um, Lehman Brothers. So, yeah, that's that is. I, I mean, I wonder what the scale of that is, and I, I, I guess it's just something that we're going to have to keep an eye out on because that is crazy. Yeah, I think I think the second quarter numbers are going to be fascinating to follow for these Chinese automakers because in the first quarter we were seeing a drop already quarter Q four versus Q one, and then year over year as well. Uh, there was there was a clear drop from quarter to quarter. And I think Q2, if the trends are continuing in the way that it seems like it's continuing, that we should see BYD, XPeng, and all these other companies show um, even weaker Q2s versus Q1s. And so, yeah, I, I, I need to dig into this a little bit more, this specific topic, because if this is actually real, like BYD is probably not making money. They're probably completely unprofitable forget it on the evs just as an overall business because they do sell gas cars as well and let's not forget it you know it would really just highlight um how difficult it is to be a profitable electric vehicle maker and there's only one that is doing that globally right now and if byd's you know like if like somebody said on i forget who it was but imagine if charlie and uh warren got wind of this right and you know what's the reaction there it's like holy crap one of our uh, fun, one of our investments is really, literally not, they're fake. It's kind well, of we, a fraud. So. Well, we know that they reduced their position in BYD. So maybe one of the reasons yeah. they reduced their position is because they 
have information like this besides the, you know, I know they don't like conflict. So that was a problem, but you know, yeah. they, they must be, I would assume those guys would be aware of this because that's their business. And you know, the other thing is that we, we obviously don't have access to everything in China. So we saw that field because somebody happened to take a picture of it, but you know, China's a big country. So I'm yeah. guessing there's other locations like that where just cars are just loaded. There were up. several fields in the movie. There yeah. were several fields. Several fields. Okay. So I just want to warn because this is the kind of stuff that Tesla Q accused Tesla of doing, right? So like mm. you really make sure that we have the right information before we hundred like, percent. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I feel I feel comfortable with this because it's not new. I don't believe this is a new I think it's a new image. But the the story is not new, and I don't think they would deny their model, the sell to the dealer and then dealer sells to the public. I think that is the model. I also did see, and I don't know if it's true, but Neo and you kind of along what you were saying, Farzad, Neo is going to put out like about deliver like fifty thousand cars in the first six months, which is crap, you know, for because they're supposedly a growing a growing company. And the rumor this week was they were going to partner with Mercedes in on, on the electric vehicle side and uh i don't know if that's true or not but it would be an interesting move if they end up doing that yeah i saw a neo commercial uh today it was the first time i saw that in sweden how was it it was short five seconds so but it, oh really it was it was yeah i was on my phone uh it was a small car it looked yeah i mean you just saw the name and the car so okay. I can't say anything. Richard brought up Mercedes. Have you guys been seeing the Mercedes EQSs or at all? I've seen a couple of them on the road. Um, I don't see them a lot around my area. I mean, around this area is just uh, model Y's galore uh, and um, model threes, a few Mustang Mach-E's, more and more Rivians. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot more Rivians. I see a lot more Rivians than EQSs. That's for sure. Interesting. Actually, I see more Rivians than Mach-E's, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I see more EQSs now than probably Rivians. And, okay. And maybe a handful of Lucids, but like there's actually, I think Mercedes has been selling those around here at least. I mean, I think it's a really expensive car, which makes sense that it would sell around here. And then you have all these Mercedes buyers who want to switch to an EV and it's within their business so yeah bmw as well a little bit yeah no here it's here's model y's model threes and then a distant third is maki and rivian yeah well right 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 like yeah. tesla is like blowing yeah. these cars way oh, no, out for of sure, the water sure. yeah for sure yeah okay um all right should we do one more quick topic or hit q a how's the how's the uh, panel feeling up Three. to you up to you maybe oh, do you although... have anything we talked about. No, I, was, I had I had Toyota as well, but uh, we already covered that. So, okay. We talked about Stellantis last week. I predicted they'd be the next one in line, and yeah. they kind of like said they were considering it. I think kind of yes. like some vague. Um, so, yeah. so maybe they're next up, next up in the category. Also, all okay. the charging companies that we talked about, they're all adopting the Tesla standard. Also, so everybody yep. is yep. everybody's joining the party. I'm yep. thinking about uh, starting a campaign in the EU. To move to NACS? Cool. For the Tesla European standard. Okay. Nice. 
Yeah. And is it the same? Would it be the same plug as the one in the U.S. or would it be a different one? Yeah. Well, okay. ask Elon. <laughs> no, okay. no, the same. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I read a little more about it. I didn't realize that that he was pushing for it so early, and I don't know why we were so stupid and said no. And um, but it seems a lot better and easier. Yeah. And lighter. More reliable, more durable. Yeah, it just has a lot, a lot of pluses for sure. Yeah. All right. So if you want to support Mimi's campaign, send her an email yeah. at. Oh, no, I'll start something and then I'll spread okay. the information. Check in next week. <laughs> no, next week I'll be on my way to Spain driving oh, a Model right. S. Okay. Driving a Tesla for the first time in my life. Wow. Finally. Yeah. And then are we going to have you back the following week? How long are you away for? No, I'll wait for two weeks. But I might. We yeah. have Wi Fi in the house, so I might just check in. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. You can give us your, your take on, on your drive. With the beach behind first. me and. Yeah. yeah, I will. All right. Well, I can't wait to live uh, through you next week <laughs> and experience the beach uh, in Spain. Okay, let's do Q&A then. Uh, let's start our Q&A portion. Thank you all so much for joining us. We're going to start taking uh, community questions. If you have a question, make sure you write question before your question so that we can all uh, find your questions more easily. And by all of us, I mean producer wife. We also ran a poll earlier this stream. Producer wife yeah. should have a stage for us. So when you're ready, producer wife, pull up the poll results that we uh, asked of. And maybe I didn't give you enough of a heads up and you're writing frantically as I speak the results. So, um, oh, perfect. Look at this. She's just the best. Ooh. Do you think the coverage of Tesla has been more positive? 80% yes. Same 14%. No, 4%. And all of those answers add up magically to 98%. So where the hell is the other Are 2%? The yeah, usually it's what just one percent missing. Today it's two. YouTube, do you guys know how to do math? Yeah, you could. Something. Happening. I guess if you only use whole numbers, you could do eighty point six, fourteen point seven, and four point. They both round down. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. They would round up, but if you only used whole numbers and you didn't you know math, toss away the decimal. Math, <laughs> yeah. If somebody from YouTube is watching this, please look into this. It doesn't look very good <laughs> when the poll doesn't add up to 100%. But thank you all. Overwhelming majority do feel that uh, Tesla uh, or Elon have been uh, covered more positively here in the last few weeks. So uh, interesting. Okay, let's pull up some community questions. Let's do the first one. Go ahead, producer wife. And... Bimmer Geezer, $25 Super Chat. Thank you so much. My goodness. That's awesome. Really appreciate that. FYI, all earnings from the community forums, half of them go to our community fund uh, every single Friday, which is growing. And it's got a nice number attached to it right now. Uh, and the community is going to figure out what to do with that, uh, with that, with those funds, because it's up to the community to decide. So thank you so much for the support, brother. Really appreciate you, or sister, uh, whichever it may be. Beamer Geezer. Simon, question. Warren was on Herbert's pod yesterday, taking apart the Highland speculation as on his own channel. What's y'all's take on it? So, um, yeah, I'm curious. I haven't watched the video, uh, but I do. I am of the mindset that Highland is a much more incremental uh, sort of upgrade. That is, you know, single piece castings, more uh, efficient processes, some trim updates, maybe headlight, backlight updates. Uh, but nothing more than, I don't know, maybe Tesla taking out a couple thousand dollars of costs out of the process if then, if if that. Uh, because you have to remember Model 3 was 
the 2016 architecture, which was a hot mess, according to Sandy Monroe. And they, this is probably them cleaning it up. Um, have you guys watched the video? And do you guys have any thoughts on Highland? Mimi watched it. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I didn't. Mimi totally watched it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't watch it either. I watch Herbert, though. I, don't I like know. Herbert. I like Herbert. I, I do, Herbert. too. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great I channel. Really good content. I think it, it sounds like it's going to be a little sportier. Yeah. Listen, the, it has to be significant enough that it sells and differentiates yeah. differentiates yeah. from the Y and from the two. Yeah. Um, and so it, there's got to be some differences enough to sell the car because I don't think they think they can sell the three right now in general or they're going to sell like minor numbers of it. So I think there will be a, a, at least enough of a distinction to make it a at least a refreshed a fully refreshed model. I feel like the three is selling. Like that's the, one of the most po common cars I see like that are selling around here because like at least the uh, standard range. Like I see a ton of standard ranges hitting the streets, especially recently. I mean, it's just so cheap, right? <laughs> like the price is yeah. great. There's also, um, I'm trying to find this, the Model 3 is having a uh, incentive sale right now through the end of the year. Uh, sorry, the end of the month, excuse me, month, through June yes. 30th, which I believe lowers the price in the United States. And I think abroad, they also have some different uh, like insurance subsidies and stuff in China, I believe, uh, so, which I think points to either a quarter end push, or I think what could be more likely is the release of the Highland Project. Uh, and actually getting these cars on the road. I agree. I agree with what Richard said. It's, you know, it's definitely a, it has to be positioned so that it sells relative to Model Y and Model 2. Uh, it is still selling, but I'm guessing that, you know, once 2 is out, you, the really the incentive for Model 3 right now versus Model Y, in my opinion, is more range, slightly che uh, cheaper uh, price per mile from a fuel perspective or uh, energy perspective, a uh, little bit better dr driving dynamics, but it's not that massive of a change, I don't think. I think the Highland's going to really hone in on that sporty stuff and create that vast separation between the two. So I agree with Richard there. Um, anything else there for Highland? One, two, three. Okay. Are we sure, by the Richard, way, that's the correct like... spelling? I still don't know. Is that the correct spelling of the Highland? As opposed to H Y L A N. I think that was what it said in that old list that they found. Okay. With a little note, Highland. Yeah. Next question. And damn it, Tommy, thank you so much for supporting the channel. That's Hi, why Tommy. he's got a little symbol right next to his uh, through his name. Thank you so much. When Elon visits all those EU VIPs, very important people, do you think he has some sort of agenda, like a list of items to check? And more importantly, who plays whom when they battle it out on Mario Kart? <laughs> Interesting question. I don't know. I never thought about that. Uh, do, you, do you think he goes in with an agenda? I mean, he has to, right? There, there has to be a... I, a priority list of have to talk to them about gigafactories that I want to, you know, grow the company. Definitely AI, definitely birth rates. Um, I would be shocked <laughs> if he didn't. Twitter, right? Um, yeah, I would, it has to I would be. think even the planning, you know, when he decides to go someplace, there's already yeah. an agenda that justifies the trip. And then he'll, you know, formulate it more specifically when the time comes. But, you know, I don't think like his trip to China was planned three days before he went to China. I think it was planned, you know, like six months ago, 
and you know time comes and he has i i would be shocked and disappointed if he didn't have an agenda yeah but do you think that he he calls and says hi i want to come do you think that they call him and say please come here i no. think Rodman I, called yeah i think Rodman definitely called <laughs> yeah. for sure <laughs> i think what it is is that these these all these countries if i were to guess all these countries probably had uh you know, I'm sure they reached out eons ago, months ago, years ago, in some cases, like, hey, we would love to host you when you're ready. We would love to host you when you're ready. And I think this is just that, um, in my so. opinion, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, he was already out there for that conference, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, and, and and what country would not want a Tesla factory? Probably, exactly. you know, the only other company I would think, you know, if you told them you're going to put an Apple factory there. They'd probably be equally as excited. But other than that, everybody would like the Tesla factory just for the yeah. job creation and the monetary yeah. creation. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, economic powerhouse. Tesla is becoming quite a large economic powerhouse. And it's in the interest of all jurisdictions to have a facility from Tesla because at the rate that it's going, if you look at every other project they've built, it's guaranteed jobs and it's guaranteed economic activity and it's guaranteed positive cachet and bringing talent to your area. It's, you know, so the list keeps going on. Uh, robust assistance to the local schools. You know, it, there's a lot of positive side to that. So I agree with 100% there. And I okay. think Elon plays yeah. Wario. Okay. He, I, he has to. I mean, he played right. Wario at the freaking yeah. SNL. Either right? that or Princess Peach, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who plays cart? Who plays cart? Uh, Andrew Carp does. Next, next question. And <laughs> two out of ten, Richard. Come on, bro. You can do better. Next one. And Oscar, question: Why don't other countries ask legacy automakers to make their factories in their countries, like they're doing with Elon? I mean, I, I, I think they do, but it's probably not nearly as public. Uh, it's probably a lot more through, um, I don't know, back channels. I mean. Or they already have one. I mean, you have to think about it. A lot of these legacy automakers are already quite large and they've already, you know, have placed their bets. So I don't know how much more growth there is for those guys. How do you think about that? Yeah, I was you need say, growth companies, right? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just like you're saying. You need companies that are growing their business to actually want to install those factories, right? And who's growing? It's... Yeah. I wouldn't like else. to have a legacy automaker not making EVs in my country. It's going to cost us money. Yeah, I was going to say, how does Ford afford Ford afford to build a factory in Spain? You know, when they're like, they don't have the capital to do that. They got to well, just make the best of what they have now and to maximize that and keep their keep their economic status. I, I think, think that's a dance. I think that's a dance. Yeah, they also do have factories overseas. It's just you don't want to build new stuff when you have existing stuff already like on the verge of maybe I don't know. I don't know how Ford is doing in EU anymore, but well, it also would depend if they had demand for the product sufficient to have two factories, you know, and they don't. So Tesla could build another factory because they, they're going to do it based upon their calculation and what the, the ultimate demand is going to be. And they have the free cash flow to do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah you're, exactly. It's the cash flow and you have the growth 
signaling that you should continue growing, right? And if you don't have that and you're kind of in a stasis mode where you're thinking that you're, wait, am I going, I'm going this way. Yeah. So your, your ice business might be falling off. Right. And then your, uh, your ice business still hasn't made any traction. So like overall you see your business contracting. Yeah. Most I, countries but, have their own brands, even if they have changed owners. And right. I think they're protective about those they don't need any more to take care of that's a good point that's a real good point uh real quick before we go to the next question i do want to make everybody aware that there is an event on july 29th through the 30th is the tesla takeover 2023 event and they uh john from tesla owner silicon valley had a preview on twitter i definitely want to encourage everybody to go check that out uh we'll post a link for that in the comments section and then scroll down for me a little bit uh on that same link you can find tickets to the event and may musk will be the keynote speaker on the second day on sunday uh there's also other speakers as well if you want to scroll down a little bit more on the thread if you don't mind uh down to the speaker list and go ahead and click on that uh, picture Ooh, uh here's sad. a bunch of speakers uh yeah <laughs> look at how big my head is my god uh <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and click on that again babe there's uh there's some folks at the top and the bottom i think that's correct that, that's, going, so that's musk, going to the gym yeah, that's exactly. yeah. Your head. only my head's getting bigger, nothing else. It's crazy. Go ahead and click on the You're picture again. Ryan. What's that? So many good people. It's crazy that you're above Ryan McCaffrey. Like I, ride the lightning. What do you mean above? Like, like your head is like higher on the list than Ryan. It's just, it's whatever. Uh, so then we have May, Sandy, Kim, Gary, uh, Kevin, Ross, and then we have Herbert, bearded Tesla guy, Ryan McCaffrey, Tesla Joy, Ricky Roy, Ben Schaefer. Uh, go ahead and scroll down for me a little bit. Tesla Raj, Kyle Connor, Tesla Flex, K10, John Stringer, Amy, Brian, Reese, Alexandra Mertz, MS Tie 2. Ton of great speakers. Make sure you go check it out. Uh, an honor to be part of that panel. And uh, hopefully I get to shake uh, May Musk's hand and maybe give her a, a hug and a kiss. Who knows? Who knows what, what's going to happen? But very excited to go to that panel and meet everybody else there as well. Um, so yeah, make sure you go check it out. I'll have a link on that uh, for that in the comment section below. Producer wife, make sure to share it and definitely go listen to this space as well. Thank you, John, for making this happen, man. Really appreciate you. Tesla owner, Silicon and, Valley. And maybe a couple of members of this particular foursome will also be there too. Yes. Maybe we'll finally, uh, I'll finally meet more folks in person from the community. I've already met Rodman, so I'm tired of him. I'm, I'm over that. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's pull up uh, the next few questions, and then we'll wrap this sucker up. And Beach Crow, question. In a recent Reddit poll of Model Y owners, 80% prefer stocks to buttons. Many EV shoppers question the touchscreen. Would removing stocks in a 3 or Y refresh be too radical and lose Tesla sales? Um, how do you guys think about that? I, think, I don't think so. Yeah. I think I, like when I bought my model three, our first model three, that was like the first time we had a Tesla. I was worried that like, you didn't have the screen in front of you, like the, the main binnacle, I guess they call it. And then like having the, the, the speed over here and like have all the buttons on there. I was like a little bit worried about it. And then Someone told me it's not a problem and I got used to it. So I think it's one of those things that you get used to. But the one thing that I would say is like the buttons on the 
plaid, the tech, the, what is it? The electrostatic buttons. I think yeah. those are a little bit more of an issue. Like if you want to hit the horn button, you really want to hit that middle part. So I can see that, but I think people would get okay. used to it. Richard, maybe any yeah. thoughts? I have no opinion other than what the cost would be. So I don't know how much it would cost to do that. And that might be determinative of whether you did it or not. Yeah. It would Maybe. reduce, reduces cost, right? Less stuff to install. Right. It seems like you can tell your Tesla almost anything to do stuff. Yeah. Because today, what do you use the stocks for? The blinker? Yeah. Oh, and that the driving. Is she, is she referring to Tesla stock? Stock. Five out of ten. Oh my God. <laughs> Improvement. Let I'm a foreigner. You Come should on. be nice to me and don't don't be mean to my accent. My God. Well, I take that as a compliment. If my English was worse, you would be nicer. Your your English is fantastic, really. I can barely speak English, and that's my primary language. So I, I, yes, I'm can. always amazed at Europeans' ability to speak language. Well, well, the stocks have been up, so you must be feeling <laughs> Richard. Next question, please. Ooh. This is this is yes. All right, pawn game. We need we need help. <laughs> Although the retro one was pretty good. I'll give you that one seven out of ten. Matt, question. Odds the Las Vegas loop starts using driverless this year. So there was just a approval of uh, yeah. make of expanding it. I think there was this broke about a couple of days ago. Um this year, maybe? I mean that that, that who who was who's who theorized that, that would be the first place where this would happen? Was it Rodman? Was it Richard? Yeah. It's one of you guys. Um what do you guys think? I mean, Richard, I know your answer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if, you know, I said December, so it's possible. I know that they advertised they could go from, it'll go from downtown to the airport in uh, like 12 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, so it's, obviously they're going to do it. And I know it's set up to do like 37 different, you know, uh, stations that you could get in and out throughout Las Vegas itself. So they're pushing they have a bunch of new sports teams. They might have new tax revenue also. Um, so I would say December 2023 or sometime in 2024. Okay. Matt, are you asking because there's a sports book where you can actually bet on this somewhere in Vegas? I don't know. <laughs> if they're not planning to, I think they should. It's about time we try it out somewhere. I, I think mean, there's I a think I think there's a 50% chance that there's a sports book nearby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I think the odds are, I think that, I think it's, a, it's a 80% chance that yes, they will do it this year. Yeah. Not betting I, advice. I, <laughs> I mean, we're in Vegas. Come on. You can bet on anything. Um, the, from my perspective is if, if they're, if they have FSD ready, to try it in some jurisdictions, then it will definitely happen in Vegas, a hundred percent. So they'll they'll be one of the first ones. And that's also the isn't that the easiest test? Also, like you go yeah. straight, yeah. no traffic. That seems like a no brainer, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Tesla has the data, right? Like they might they must know how many times that a driver has to intervene, and like once it gets to a point where they hit a 
place where they're just so certain that it's going to happen, then they're going to submit it and say, look, this is almost driverless. And and Vegas does have driverless cars, right? Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. I saw that Elon said Elon said something about uh, driving on FSD from coast to coast. Did you read it? What he said? I just saw the headline in, flashing tw- in 2017. What he's not, no, he said it now again in 2017. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'm not talking about all the times he said it before. <laughs> okay, like recently. Okay. Uh, no, I haven't. What did he say? No, I I just saw that. Yes, soon, but. Soon, okay. Elon time, we don't know. Yeah, I've stopped listening to him when it comes to timelines for FSD. I'm mm-hmm. just like, I'm just, I'm seeing it, you know, and this is no knock on the guy, but I just, I'm seeing it in the car and I'll, I'll just, the car will speak for itself, I think. I don't think Elon Good. needs to say anything else. Okay. Um, all right, I think we wrap it there and we go to members only here. I think this is a good natural stopping point. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to a member only stream uh, right after this one which you can do by clicking on join right below this video. Again, half of the funds from today's stream on all Friday stream go to the community fund where the community decides what to do with those funds. Rodman, Mimi, Not Legal Advice, Bob, Robert, Richard, thank you all so much for joining me today. As always, an absolute pleasure. Thank you to all community members and everybody jumping in and listening to us and uh, keeping the comment section respectful and awesome. As always, thank you to the Moz for doing an excellent job moderating the discussion. As always, incredibly fortunate and uh, lucky to have every single one of you. And last but not least, the true star of the show, producer wife. Thank you so much, baby. Fantastic. Rock star. Where's the clappy thing? You usually do the clappy thing. Did she fall asleep? She did. Oh, there she, she is. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to my screen. Like, These guys. All right, everybody. Members only. Uh, hit the like button if you are enjoying the stream, but only if you're enjoying the stream, okay? And then we'll see you on members only right after this one. And then next week at our usual Friday community forum and 1 p.m. Oh, community forum at 1 p.m. Central. Thank you, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.